of that sports show not just any sports show not this sports show it is that sports show i'm your host jeremy the impact york this is impact media's weekly show all about everything sports yep if we don't talk about it at one of our other shows then it is on this show this is our uh, great big show on today's show, we're going to talk some rugby ATL, some Atlanta United, got a little Braves, of course, some NASCAR F1, and some Falcons. We're going to start with the world of the NFL. But before we get into the NFL, I want to tell you guys how you can be a part of the show. Here are the ways you can be a part of the show. You can email the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. That is our blanket email. We will know when you put it in there. You don't even need a subject unless it just says you have to have one, but we'll figure out what it's about. Appreciate it. And I'm the one who responds to about 98% of those, if not all of them. In fact, I don't know of anybody else who responds to them. So it is me responding when you see those. You can search for us on Facebook, That Sports Show, Impact Media, Jeremy York. Any of those should find us. If not, let us know. If you're one of those people who just likes to click a link and listen to a show, we appreciate you. And you can go to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media, and find the appropriate show. Scroll down, click on it, and listen as many times as you want. There is no cap. You can also follow me at the Impact 99 for all kinds of show-related things, like the notes and uh, other fun things. And... Also, for things non-show related, as uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, Putt Shack, uh, rugby game, including the one coming up tomorrow, if you want to follow along uh, some of my shenanigans and things down there. Um, and uh, maybe some Top Golf next weekend. You guys are going to like some of the fun stuff we do there. Uh, at The Impact 99. And you can also find us anywhere you find a podcast, including places like the iTunes Store, Podcast One, and Spotify. I just had us up on Spotify earlier to show somebody how to find us. It was that easy. And uh, if there's a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know. I will fix that. Sometimes there's a broken link. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it gets worn out from you guys using it so much. We appreciate it. Um, like I said, we're going to get into a lot of that. Uh, maybe a short show tonight. Maybe not. We'll, we'll see. But right now, the Combine's going on. Uh, DJ Turner, by the way. That is a ridiculous – he's from Michigan. Go Wolverines. Go Blue. Uh, DJ Turner had a 40-yard dash time of 4.26. It is like in the top four, five, six, something like that of all time. That is incredible. Uh, but combine's going on. So what? You know, if we skip down to our underwear, we, we probably perform pretty decent too. But uh, good for these kids. It's a way to showcase – Skills that they've already showcased in college. I, I, I don't understand why there's a combine. Really, it's a masquerade 
a lot of times for it's it's something for scouts to do for one they can all go meet and and have uh go have burgers and beers afterwards and uh and get to meet some of these people but also it masquerades as a chance for potential free agents and free agents or people who are trying to get traded to uh unofficially have have their agents and things talk with with teams this happens a lot by the way a lot of backdoor deals happen at the combine and the NFL doesn't care. Which is why should they? It helps business. But um, I, I just got to say this. I finally heard, I believe it was, I believe it was Colin. It was Colin Cowherd the other day. I've been telling you guys all along that uh, I'm not, I'm not as big of a pro fan of the Alabama quarterback coming out. Because I, I think his size is going to uh, hinder him on this level. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, C.J. Stroud is a good prospect. He has potential as well coming out of Ohio State. And as a Michigan lifelong Michigan fan, that does pain me to say that. But I'm also fair. But Colin Cowherd finally came out the other day and said, Will Levis. He's he's extremely smart, and not just like oh he's carrying a 4.0 GPA. No, no, he's football smart as well. Comes from uh, smart parents and smart grandparents, and he just has a really good lineage. He can also, Will Levis can also. He, I mean, he's got a ridiculous arm. I mean, we're talking Josh Allen arm. Is it Josh Allen? Jared, Josh Allen. We're, we're talking just a hose of an arm. John Elway just launched the ball. And he keeps I, I, he's like the third or fourth quarterback in this in this upcoming draft. And just I don't know. I keep telling you guys, Will Levis is is the one that I am almost sure for. Now all of them are projects, by the way. None of them are A plus prospects. But Will Levis, whoever gets him, if he gets put in the right environment, I mean Daniels would probably love to have this kid. But wherever Will Levis goes, if he goes to the right environment, he could be a stud very, very soon. And I'm glad that, that Cowherd and um, he said he reached out to some, um, some, some pro contacts he has. And uh, those pro contacts went, yeah, we, we totally agree with your assessment there. That um, he has I, – I love his mechanics. I've, I've been a big Will Levis fan for a while. I'm just saying that he's going to sneak under the radar to somebody. Maybe somebody moves up and takes him. Somebody that could use a quarterback. I would, uh, I would keep my eye on maybe Seattle. Seattle does have Geno Smith, but uh, they also have like a top five, top seven pick or something like that this year. And even Pete Carroll the other day said, when do we ever get to draft here? We're always drafting in the low 20s. Uh, this year we're in the top 10. I mean, when do you ever get the opportunity to take a big primetime player like this? Yeah. So don't take the smaller quarterback. You should take Will Levis. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying that uh, Will Levis. Just just keep your eye on Will Levis. Uh, some other things in the NFL I wanted to talk about. Uh, looks like the Raiders are going to franchise tag Josh Jacobs. 
running back. He is probably the best running back in the league since coming out of Alabama a couple years ago. I predicted him to go to the Raiders at the number 22 pick, I believe it was. And that is on record if you guys ever want to see it. Uh, he is a tremendous back. I make sure to get him in almost every fantasy league I can get for that reason. But um, he just he runs with purpose like the old school ones did, like the 80s and 90s guys that everybody says they grew up watching. You know, like the Barry Sanders, like the Bo Jacksons, like uh, like the Emmett Smiths. You give them the ball, they're gun- they have a purpose. They're not just trying to run to get yards. No, they're running to score every time. And they don't take big hits. Josh Jacobs doesn't take a lot of big hits. And uh, I had a pretty good idea the Raiders were not going to be able to get a deal with him. So franchise tag for him makes a lot of sense. Josh, make sure to sign that. They're probably going to do it twice if you don't work out a deal after that. And uh, after that, you'll be a free agent. And uh, go get your second contract somewhere else. But uh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm also hearing that Tony Pollard is probably not going to work out a deal with the Dallas Cowboys. So he will probably get the franchise tag as well. Good for Tony. He's the best running back on that team. Zeke is shot. Once again, this is coming from a Dallas fan. Zeke is shot. They're paying him way too much money. Dak uh, likes to throw the ball to the other team way too much. They just got rid of one of the best offensive coordinators in the league in Kellen Moore because Mike McCarthy, let me just throw this out here. This, this is just the too stupid to make up portion of this show. There may be multiple moments too stupid to make up. This is, I know just a couple weeks ago, I said, you know what? I take back some of the stuff about McCarthy that I said. I think some of the problem is Dak. I think, oh, I'll take that back. I'll walk that one back and say that I think it's both of them. I think it's both of them. Dak does not have a super strong arm. Dak also has a number one receiver, a really good tight end, a backup running back who should be a starter. Everybody else on that team are C-pluses, including majority of the line. You're paying way too much money to Dak Prescott. You're paying Ezekiel Elliott way too much money. You are paying Tyron Smith way too much money to play every third or fourth game. This is Dallas's problem. And also, you just ran Kellen Moore out of town. He was, he was on the job market for, I don't know, half a weekend? I know it would just be one day. He was there for like a tequila sunrise. That's about how long he was there. He had time to order one of those. By the time it hit the, t- it, by the time they brought it to him on the beach right there in that hammock, the the Chargers called and said, "Whenever you're ready, come on in." Just we'll get into well, let's let's sidestep there. Kellen Moore, who took a Dallas offense with an inaccurate Dak Prescott, an unpredictable and unreliable Dak Prescott who led the league in interceptions, or if he didn't, he was in the top two or three. Uh, doesn't have ha, doesn't have a great arm. Uh, he has C.D. Lamb, who is an A-minus receiver. He's an A for sure. Michael Gallup is their two. He is barely a three. Great tight end. They're going to lose him because they're not going to pay him. They're, they're franchise tagging Tony Pollard, their best running back. Ezekiel Elliott makes way too much money to be as, I don't know, he's a bird statue when you hand him the ball. He can't. He's shot. He's beyond shot. And yet Kellen Moore had them as the number two defense or the number two offense last year in the NFC. You know who number one was? 
They were the runner-up in the Super Bowl. They were the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. Is that not crazy? The Philadelphia Eagles were number one in the NFC, and they should have been. Number two was the Cowboys. Same division. Number one, by the way, in the entire in the entire was the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the Super Bowl champs. But no, Mike McCarthy run Kellen Moore out of town, and this is why he ran him out of town, because he thinks he was going to take his job, and he should have. Either Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn should take Mike McCarthy's job. It should be right now. I'm going to go back to my bucket of chicken theory, where here's an idea. Let's take a bucket of chicken from your favorite chicken place. At, on the count of three, name your favorite chicken place, and then send it to me in any of those places that I told you earlier. Contact the show. We'll take a poll on, on what your favorite chicken place is. One, two, Three. Those are all great choices. Those are all great choices. A couple of those, you're going to have to tell me what those are. But uh, I heard some really good ones around there, including some of the ones I really like. But, no, you take a bucket of chicken. You set it outside the star there in Dallas. When Mike McCarthy goes out there to, to uh, grab that bucket of chicken, you lock the door. You lock the door. Because this is what this genius said the other day. Uh... Moving on from Kellen Moore uh, allows him to not only take over the play call, which is what he wanted to do all along. It's just Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones were smart enough not to give it to him. Now they're dumb enough to give it back to him. But Mike McCarthy wants to make the calls, and he says that Kellen Moore was uh, a little too aggressive, a little too wild, wild west, so to say. And uh, Kellen was about lighting up the scoreboard. Yeah, it's called scoring points there, Mike McCarthy. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to score more points than your opponent. That's how you win. This isn't golf. If this was golf, the Dallas Cowboys would be the Super Bowl champs the last 10 years. I just told you all the B and C players they have, and yet they were number two in the NFC. That puts them in the top, probably top four, top five of the entire NFL. Heck, they made the playoffs. Surprised me. I, I thought maybe they'd hang on. They barely did, but... My goodness, Mike McCarthy says, no, he wants to uh, dial it back a little bit and control the clock more and re be able to rest his defense so they're going to run the ball more. Which means, are they going to hand it to the, the franchise tag Tony Pollard, best running back on their team? Nope. This means Ezekiel Elliott is going to get 20 carries a game. Tony Pollard's going to get seven. Tony Pollard's going to have twice the yards. In 13 less carries, uh, Dak Prescott may not turn the ball over as much unless he fumbles when he's trying to hand it back to him, but it means the Dallas Cowboys are going to go from scoring uh, 21 points a game to somewhere, I would, I bet they score, they're lucky if they're going to score 14 a game. It's uh, it's going to be absolutely terrible. The, I will already say, right as of right now, unless something just crazy happens, like a meteor comes down or a, uh, uh, a spaceship comes and takes Mike McCarthy out of the building. Not above. I mean, we saw a spy balloon not long ago, so this kind of thing could happen. Outside of that happening, I already predict right now that the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Mark it down right here. What is this? This is March the 3rd. On March the 3rd, the Philadelphia Eagles should win the NFC East next year. 
the Cowboys hopefully will hang on for a second or third place and maybe, maybe get a wild card. At this point, I don't think so. Because here's the thing. They, what are they going to do? How are they going to upgrade? Because they still got to pay Micah Parsons in a couple years. They've still got a couple other stars they've got to pay. Like I said, they're going to lose the tight end because they're probably not going to pay him. So he's going to go shine somewhere else. Hey, Falcons, maybe you'll get this guy. Just saying. But uh, the Cowboys just are going to be a mess. And they're always an entertaining mess. That's what makes it so much fun to be a Cowboys fan or to uh, be in the media or an NFL fan. As you just know, at any given point, the Cowboys are going to do something that's just going to blow your mind because it's too stupid to make up. But wish them the best. Wish they would do so much better than they do. And not just my fan hat, but just because it's just ridiculous the way things play out. Don't be surprised if those things happen, though. And uh, I will get off my soapbox with with uh, that particular thing. But not a lot going on outside of that, uh, those franchise tags. And uh, you're going to see a couple more of those in the next few days. Um, don't be surprised. if I'm not going to go on a big rant about this. Don't be surprised. The market is pretty much drying up for Aaron Rodgers. The people that can afford him don't need him. Like the Bears, not going to happen. Why? You have Justin Fields. Justin Fields is already way better than anybody you can draft this year. Why in the world would you give that up? That's stupid. Even the Bears aren't that stupid. They're not the Cowboys. And uh, the Falcons have a bunch of cap room. Well, the Falcons don't need him either. That would be completely dumb to bring him in and pay him that much money. Uh, other people with big cap space... The Bengals, I think, are number four. Makes no sense. You have Joe Burrow. And the Patriots, yeah, yeah. Let's not even think about it. I can't remember who number three is. Is it the Browns or something like that? But, you know, it's not going to be them either. There's just, I mean, the people that can afford Rodgers don't need him. And the people that may need his services, like, even San Francisco, it's, uh, that market dried up. If San Francisco were to go get anybody, because they're gonna, they're gonna let Garoppolo go. They're finally gonna just, just you're gonna pass on him and let him go about his day, which is probably a good decision. Well, is um, is their starter trike? Is is he ready to go, or or does does he not possess the skills? Because uh, you go with Mister Irrelevant, who's not so irrelevant, Mister Seventh Round Pick from last year, whose elbow has not been, uh, went through surgery yet, so he's not going to be available to play, so, well, Trey Lance, yeah, Trey Lance is the, uh, uh the incumbent starter, but, uh, I keep hearing, if, if Brady's going to come out of retirement for anybody, it's probably the 49ers, just saying, but, uh, that's going to wrap up our, our NFL for their not really a lot going on with the Falcons right now. They're gearing up for the draft. They're at the combine. They're doing some fun stuff. We could all speculate on what they could get, what they should get. I mean, they could they could use another receiver because Brian Edwards was a complete bust. I will take that one because I really thought coming from Oakland, he would do some. I mean, coming from Las Vegas, he would do some really good things, and he just didn't. Um, I say they should go defense or things like that, but, uh, they, they got the seven or the eight pick or whatever it is. I think they should stay there. I don't think they should move up. I think you should stick with your quarterback. I mean, they did 
release, Marcus Mariota the other day is going to save him like $12 million in cap. We saw that happening, what, a month or two ago. Wish the best for Marcus. He'll find a job somewhere else. Um, I don't know if his his newborn has been born yet, but uh, congratulations in advance, and uh, hope everybody is healthy and happy in the Mariota uh, household. But uh, there's been some some new coaches for the Falcons, and uh, you guys can go read on AtlantaFalcons.com, I believe, with all that there. But other than that, everybody's just uh, at the combine and gearing up for the draft. I don't think they're going to do – you know, I, I, they're playing very close to their vest, and I absolutely think that's what they should do. But uh, we will, yeah, we'll go on something else. Let's go into, let's talk a little Atlanta Braves. And I have to defend the Braves because they, uh, they smashed my New York Mets the other day. I know I have a bunch of random teams, but... see where are there they uh you know preseason is preseason we're, we're getting to see this pitch clock we're getting to see the runners on second we're getting to see the box and the, how many times you throw over and things like that i don't mind it okay it's just uh different ways to adjust i know max scherzer's all been out of shape because he got called for a balk earlier today and he just said they just got to be consistent he didn't care if they call it he just you got to be consistent because he didn't call it before and now they're calling it i get it max but, uh, you know, the Braves, the, they scored eight runs um, earlier today. Yesterday, they scored six and beat the Mets. They scored three and tied the Rays the other day. Uh, but uh, they're, they're looking pretty good. Looks like Vaughn Grissom is probably more than likely going to be the shortstop. That would be my guess. Um, I don't know if Travis Darno or Sean Murphy is going to be your starter. My guess is Sean Murphy may be the starter at center. Ozzy Albies will probably be your shortstop. I mean, your your second baseman, Vaughn Grissom at short, Matt Olson at first, Austin Riley at third. That makes a lot of sense. Ronald Acuna will probably be your right fielder, which makes a lot of sense. Michael Harris, the second, is your center fielder. And your left fielder, and in my opinion, it should be Eddie Rosaro, but they've got four or five different people they could try it out there. So we will see who they go for, because that also opens up a spot as the designated hitter. That I am not a Marcel Ozuna fan at all. Uh, I don't even know why he's still in baseball, but it's because they are weak at eliminating bad people. But on paper or on the field, the Atlanta Braves, I would say, are probably a top two, top three team in this league. Are they better than the Mets? Yes. Are they better than everybody else in the division? Yes. What teams, you know, you look at, which I look at, I hate that they got these by the leagues. Um, Houston is still really strong. 
LA Dodgers are going to be really strong. Um, be interesting to see what the Giants do. Maybe they're going to be good, maybe not. But I, I really think a lot of it is going to come down to that. Maybe the White Sox put together another uh, killer year. But the way I'm looking at it, yeah, the Phillies could. You know, you never know about the Phillies. They just up and out of nowhere, or the Nationals just up and just have these incredible years. But uh, I got to say that right now, knowing what we all know, which is all public knowledge, I don't know any more inside information than you guys do. I would say the Braves have got to be one of the top two favorites to win the whole thing. They were the only team that I know of that everybody showed up on day one of training camp. I said that here on this show. You guys probably saw that in the AJC and other places. Uh, everybody. Pitchers and catchers were supposed to show up on day one. Their entire team did. How incredible is that? That's just, just crazy. That just shows you how focused they are and what they are trying to accomplish this year. Uh, but good on the Braves. Even as a Mets fan, I can respect them. I will be at a handful of games this year because I didn't get to make a whole lot of them last year. But go down to SunTrust Park if you get the chance. Uh, make sure to get a parking pass. It will make your life so much easier. But uh, the Braves are always a great watch. SunTrust is a fantastic – or it's, it's not SunTrust anymore. What is it called? doesn't matter what it's called. But go down and check out a game down there. Truist. It's Truist Park. Producer Sunshine helping me out there. Go down to Truist Park. It is a fantastic uh, – go a little early. Go to some of the shops. Go eat at Wahlburgers or some of the other restaurants down there. I want to check out some of the restaurants next time I go. Uh, we went down to Wahlburgers. It was good. Uh, there's some other fun places down there. Or if you just go to take in a game, there is no bad seat in that place. Uh, just, just incredible. I love going. And the tickets are pretty cheap. Definitely pretty cheap. But uh, go check out that. And like I said, as long as the Mets are not – playing go Braves because I do like to support the hometown team. So when I grew up watching Cubs on WGN, TBS had the Braves. That's that was my childhood. But we are going to go to a short break and tell you about our friends at betonline.net. And when we come back, we are going to talk some United, some Rugby ATL, some NASCAR and some F1 because F1 is starting up this week and NASCAR is full Blown volcano. We'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on That Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Make sure to visit our friends at BetOnline. Online.net. They have the wagering and the betting lines. They have the articles. They have the podcast. Even if you choose to bet, even if you uh, cannot legally bet where you're at or just choose not to, they have all the information to make you a better, more educated fan. You'll win all your debates, whether you're at the water cooler, your family reunion, uh, the DMV, or uh, maybe you're at um, Shout Out Top Golf. Like I said, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I have some fun stuff there next weekend. 
or the rugby end. Come check out the rugby end. But uh, early part of the show, we talked some NFL news there. Go check out some of the fun things. I got pretty into a uh, Cowboys breakdown and uh, how that is going to implode like a nuclear reactor sometime soon. Uh, talked a little Falcons, not much going on, and a uh, little Atlanta Braves. So let's start right now, and let's get into Atlanta United. Atlanta United. They have played a couple games this year. They Their home opener the other day, uh, last Saturday, they were able to defeat the San Jose Earthquakes 2-1. to one. Here's the crazy thing. They were like, oh, 50 and 12 or something like that. Uh, thanks to Doug from the AJC for that crazy stat that he got from, uh, uh, is, is it Johannes? You told me the, the United guy who you got it from. But um, when trailing after the 75th minute, they are they were like, oh, 50 and like 12 or something like that. Well, in the 90th minute, for one, for some reason, there was like 10-plus stoppage time minutes, which was great because uh, shout-out Jeremy uh, Abubasi, who had a goal in the 12th minute for San Jose. Uh, I like that guy. I always defend Jeremy, as you guys know that. Uh, but in the third minute of stoppage time, Ball finds the foot of Tiago uh, Almada. Almada kind of stutters. Looked like he kind of lost control up for a second and then he just unleashes a a just rope of a shot for the first goal to tie it with as three minutes into stoppage time and then one thing that this team has never been great at that is set pieces well there was a set piece where it was either going to be him Tiago Armada or uh, Arujo taking the kick, and based off where the goaltender was setting up towards the left, they decided to use the right foot of Thiago Almada, who banked in. He goes up over the wall into the top, I think it was top right of the goal for his second goal, and what ended up being the winner for Atlanta United. So congratulations to them. They win game number one. They are 1-0. and That is spectacular. It definitely helps. This is a team they should have beat, and they did. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves because you could have lost that game one to nothing. You got bailed out by Almada, who put two in the back of the net. He's not going to do that every game. Arujo is not going to do that every game. You don't have a player. You don't have a Martinez that does that. It's going to be spread out more. You have potential for a lot of those guys to do it. Um, overall, I thought the play was pretty good. There's still some new moving parts in this machine they call a, uh, a starting lineup. So they're, they're still getting some things they're used to. I do know that uh, Conway, I got to defend Conway a little bit. You guys say, oh, he looks lost. Oh, he's, he just doesn't do much. Uh, no, he made some good runs, and his wingers did not were not able to get the ball to him where he could do anything with it. But um, other than that, I thought they did okay. There's a lot of things to improve on. Pineda made reference to a lot of that. And uh, I'm sure that's things they will work on. We'll get into their next game in a minute. And I also know that... What is his name? I know it's Jorgis Yakamakas. He 
got his papers today, his green card or whatever. He could play if he's not going to start. He could play the 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 back half or the back thirty minutes or so. I don't know where his fitness level is, but he is can now play and travel and and uh, he can now train with the team. So I feel like. Maybe Conway starts, maybe somebody else starts, and he'll come in either second half or late in the game, depending on – it's continuity, too. You know, if whoever they have in is having a really good go of it, then uh, maybe he doesn't play for a, another game. They're upcoming. They play this weekend in Atlanta as they will host Toronto FC, who is on a giant losing streak. I mean, they've lost their last five games. 7.30 on Saturday should be a fun time. I will be at the rugby game. I've made reference to that before, but uh, I will try to catch this. I know Apple Plus, you can catch it all, all that kind of fun stuff. Make sure to watch all the games on that. But um, this is a winnable game, and I think very much if they continue to put the things in place that they are and they start to get the continuity, uh, Brad Guzan is looking closer and closer to top form. And uh, Miles Robinson was looking uh, pretty good, too. Parada had some good moments. But uh, even Miguel, Miguel Berry had some good moments. Who's the other guy we had? We had uh, Etienne. Etienne had some good runs. Derek Etienne, he had some good runs coming out of the midfield. And uh, Luis Abram, it's not Abram, it's Abram. Luis Abram had some good moments on the uh, on the back line like that. Uh, this United team, man, it's it's really exciting. Hope to get down and see a few more games this year like we did last year. Hopefully to link up with some of you guys to uh, at least say hello. I know a lot of you guys... Uh, uh, we've just narrowly missed on some of those, or uh, we just didn't quite know where you guys were. So we were, we were going to try to uh, link up with you guys. But game 7.30 this weekend, Apple, Apple TV Plus, if you have that, if you don't, go to the game. It's here in Atlanta. Uh, rugby ATL, though. I mean, not uh, we'll get to them in a minute. Atlanta United, I think are going to be a team to contend with this year. Uh, they're going to frustrate us like they did a little bit last year, but I think there are a lot more things in place now. I think you guys are going to really like the configuration that they do. Let's go to Rugby ATL. Of course, they went up to Seattle. Uh, last weekend and came up just a little short. trying to find it here. There it is. Come up just a little short, 28 to 22. They made a late charge towards the end. Uh, now, getting his first try of the year in the 39th minute was uh, co-captain Johan Monson. Uh, Biddle, man, Rowita Biddle, he was doing some fantastic kicking. I did not realize, I knew, I knew how fast he was. I did not realize he was so good uh, with this foot in that way as well. But uh, Momsen got his first. 
in the 58th minute. We had uh, Tian Erasmus got his first of the year. Uh, ben Strength. Man, Ben, I'm going to try. I'm probably going to try to interview him after tomorrow's game. If you guys ever have questions, if you guys are in the rugby ATL uh, Facebook page, fan group, or whatever, send your questions. If you have potential questions for anybody, if they're for, for specific players, let me know. I will try to grab them after the game. But uh, Ben Strang, probably in the next couple games, I'm going to try to have on because uh, I hear good things about him. And uh, I think he's going to be a fun interview. But uh, he got his first try of his uh, MLR career in the 75th minute. Uh, Biddle had the kick there to uh, make it 28-22. And they just, it just ran out of time. That's what happened. They just ran out of time. Were not able to catch up. Which happens. But uh, like I said, big performances. A lot of our tries or our tries were scored by three people who have not scored up until this point. So uh, it was it was good to get them on the board. And this week, the return of the cap of the other co-captain, Matt Heaton. It's going to be a blast getting to see him back on the field. Uh, Damon Torres has done a fantastic job subbing in as the seven that gives them so much more depth right there on that on that uh, mid to back level and then of course tomorrow at 6 6 or 6 30 i think i think it's 6 30 is the start but we'll go six rugby atl is going to welcome in nola gold this is going to be a battle it's going to be very physical uh, not so chippy, but these are just two heavyweights that want to knock each other off. Not out, knock each other off. Uh, Nola Gold actually has a couple former members of Rugby ATL. And I think ATL has a couple members of, of uh, Nola Gold, but this is a great rivalry. It's a good, clean rivalry. Like I said, it's just going to be two heavyweights going at it. We'll be down at the game if you come down to Silverback Park. Uh, come find us. We'd love to say hello to you guys. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk some rugby, talk whatever you guys want, but, uh, it's going to be a fantastic time. Hope you guys come down and check it out. Uh, like I said, we'll all be there and, uh, come check it out. Now let's get into some NASCAR and we got NASCAR. Let's see if we can find our NASCAR notes. Got these. Don't think it's these. I think these are last week's. Can we find this week's? This is what happens when we write so many notes. Yep, that is last week. So let's see if we can find this week's. Probably this stack right here. I know this is great radio. Oh, here we go. The Fon Tana Race. It was a great race at that. Fontana. Okay, this was a wider track. Uh, so you could go three to four wide, and they were early and often. Early and often for sure. Uh, lap 15, there was a competition caution. This was the only per uh, this was the only uh, planned caution for the rest of the day. Uh, Larson went to the garage. He had some sort of electrical glitch going on. 
They're able to fix it a little bit, and he come back on for a little while. But uh, this was the second week in a row they did not get any kind of uh, practice. The first week was planned that they were not getting any practice. Second week, it was just weather just crushed their their what their Friday and their Saturday or their Thursday and their Friday, and uh, just didn't get a chance to practice. Uh, made it hard to qualify. Made it made it pretty rough. That means you didn't you didn't iron out your issues till usually a third of the way in the race, and cost Larson his race. Uh, Chastain and Bowman were your leaders uh, after that particular caution. Uh, Keselowski with 24 to go in the first in the first stage decided to spin out. He had a little bit of help. Your uh, top five coming out of that one was Blaney, Chastain, Kyle Busch. Joey Logano and Daniel Suarez. I'm telling you, the Trackhouse guys were uh, were on it along with uh, Kyle and Logano. Those those four all all year so far have been uh, just really going at it. As I say here, Trackhouse Hendricks, not named Larson, and uh, and Kyle Busch were were the big ones. Uh, Chastain wins uh, stage one, followed by Blaney Suarez, his teammate. Bowman and Denny Hamlin having a solid time of it. Going to stage two, once again, Trackhouse, Hendricks, as long as your name is not Kyle Larson, and uh, Logano and Kyle Busch are just continuing to just blow people away up top. There was a caution lap 75 of 200 because of Almendinger, uh, and then a Truex tire. Uh, he was having all kinds of issues where it was it was coming off his car and it was rolling different places and they got uh, a couple of suspensions from that his tire changer and one of the jackmen along with uh, some other things that that's just how they do it now it's not the crew chief but uh, Truex outside of that would have had a great day but he kept getting penalties because of his tires rolling places they shouldn't other people's pit boxes down the road things like that uh, lap 80 of 200 it was. Uh, Austin Dillon, Gregson, and uh, Ryan Priest all uh, doing well. And then two laps into that, uh, Corey LaJoy had a caution because he got all spun out and went sideways all over the place. It was lap 82 of 100. Uh, Logano and Hamlin were your leaders coming out of that. Five laps later on the restart, it was another spin. Cars went absolutely everywhere. They said this was the biggest wreck in Fontana history, which is crazy because uh, this was actually the last race at Fontana, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but your winner was Ross Chastain, who won stage number two again. Uh, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, and Daniel Suarez all round out the top five there. Goes into stage number three. Stage number three. Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Logano, Chastain are your top four, uh, and Elliott, Chase Elliott, going into, uh, at, as it started, with 64 to go. With 60 to go, Ty Dillon causes a caution. On the restart, it is Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Suarez, Chastain, Logano. Um, Logano was not making friends up top. He was trying to take real estate that he really didn't have room for and kind of banging around and uh, almost cost a lot of people their races, including himself. Uh, coming out of it, Chastain, Bush, Logano uh, were just really battling. Uh, and also have here that, uh, that 
that uh, those three were all part of the early pit stops with about 33 to go. It was a tire strategy they were working on. Kyle Busch took the lead with 20 to go. And he never gave the lead back up. Kyle Busch wins not only his first race with Richard Childress Racing, he has now won at least one race with three different teams as he was part of Team Hendricks. He was part of R he's with RCR now. He was part of Joe Gibbs Racing just uh, just last year even. Uh, he, I think he's the only person to ever do that. And he breaks, I think, Richard Petty's record that he was tied for of 19 straight seasons with at least one win. So shout out Kyle Busch. Not just because he's one of my favorite drivers, but, uh, you know, he got – he should have won Daytona, was not able to do so, but just fantastic. Fantastic. It was a great race. Fontana, this is the last time because I don't know if NASCAR, whoever owns it, sold 80% of it to somebody else. They're going to like uh, – they're not coming back to this track. At least they're not planning to for a while. And there's not going to be the room to do a lot of stuff. So we'll see what they do because they no longer have a foothold in the Southern California market if they don't go back to Fontana. This is a market they want to be in, yet they're not making any strides to try to find a race there. Kind of doesn't make any sense. And, of course, this weekend, Sunday at 3.30 on Fox, NASCAR on Fox will be at Las Vegas. It's a day race in Las Vegas. I think the second one is the night one. Uh, Alex Bowman is your previous winner last year. Uh, anytime you're in Vegas, you have to keep in mind the people that live there, like Kyle Busch, who won last week. Uh, Truex is really good there. Denny Hamlin's really good there. Uh, there are any of the people that were good at Fontana, including the Trackhouse guys and uh, Hendricks, including Bowman, you would have to consider them favorites in this one. It's going to be a spectacular race. 3.30 on Fox. I will be watching. I hope you guys watch. Um, if I get a chance to watch live, I will live tweet it or I will do something like that. You guys can follow along. Uh, and not to be outdone, kicking off this week, F1. Formula One starts up. They will be at the Gulf Air Bayron Grand Prix. They have been practicing and running all kinds of stuff. There has been all kinds of changes all over the uh, all over the board. You should just uh, you know everything from Piastri to um, what's my missing? I'm missing uh, Logan Sargent, who is the first American guy on the grid in a long time. I mean, there's just something for everybody. Definitely go check that out. Uh, they will race Sunday at 10 a.m. on ESPN. Your previous winner is Charles Leclerc. You got to think he's a front runner for it this year, but I mean, Mercedes and Aston Martin are looking to break into to break into the uh, the top echelon right now. Ferrari and Red Bull and Mercedes are your your top three in the constructors. That uh, that that's the ones that, I mean, Alpine and Aston Martin and uh, McLaren are all trying to break into. But uh, the thing I like about F1 is it is ten teams. Each of those teams have two people. There's only twenty people you need to learn. And when you watch all of these tracks, 
look like fun go-kart tracks. They're bigger versions, but it's like when you were a kid and you went to a, you went to a vacation in Florida or whatever, and they had a super track, and you're like, man, I've got to be on the super adult track. And you get on, it's all these really cool curves, and you can really wheel-to-wheel race. Like at NASCAR, it's about surviving the pack, it seems like to me. We're in F1. Sometimes your teammate can help you. Most of the time, it is you versus the field, and uh, it's it's just really cool. It's something for everybody. Uh, I hope you guys will watch along on that one. I will not be watching that one live, um, but uh, I will watch that one as soon as I get home. Maybe watch it same time watching NASCAR. That should be a lot of fun. But uh, Charles Leclerc is the previous winner. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, since he didn't get a win last year, that the person I am picking for to open to open this up and win is uh, Lewis Hamilton. Couldn't believe Lewis Hamilton didn't get a win last year, but uh, is he's like a seven-time champ or something like that, or four-time, five-time, something like that. But I think Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes uh, F1 car, I think he is my favorite to uh, win this particular race. Max Verstappen is going to be right behind him and Charles Leclerc. Uh, you got Sainz, you got Perez, there, uh, even Alonso. There are so many great racers on this that, uh, like I said, not only that, but the debuts of uh, Logan Sargent and uh, Piastri. See what they're going to do on the grid, first times on the grid. Uh, F1 is super great. NASCAR is super great. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're a race fan, you, you definitely got to check all those out because they are just amazing. And uh, if you like, just wheel-to-wheel racing. Those are two of my favorite to watch. Uh, if I had more time, I would watch a lot more of the other series because the Arca Menard series is really cool. The truck series is fantastic. You see people like Haley Deegan. Uh, you see some of the other up-and-comers coming through those levels. Uh, the, the Austin Hills. The uh, Mason Masseys. Those guys, I mean, those local guys out of out of uh, Douglasville right up the road from here. I mean, just so fantastic, so spectacular. But a lot of stuff to talk about with you guys, or at least for today. we got to put a pin in it at some point. But that will be another great edition of that sports show. Appreciate you guys tuning in and allowing me to come on and talk all these amazing things each and every week. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Look, go uh, if you can't make it to the rugby game, you can catch it on uh, the rugbynetwork.com or on the app. It's free. Atlanta United is going to be on Apple Plus TV. Uh, not sure where you can find the Braves, but uh, hopefully some more fun. Watch the combine if you want. NASCAR will be on Fox, 3 p.m. on Sunday. F1 Sunday, 10 a.m. on ESPN. Watch any and all of this great action. We will be here to recap and retalk, or recap and talk about all of it next week. I'm Jeremy the Impact Gork. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Oh, 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 oh